Hello and welcome to Raw Chatter. It is your host speaking, Vicky Midwood, and I have got a very special guest with me today. I've got somebody who is going to talk on a, a very interesting subject to many of you. We're talking narcissism and specifically narcissistic families and how you can extricate yourself from their hold. Nathan is going to talk to you from personal experience. He actually helps people to get out of situations that, that he found himself in, in a way that's safe and doable. Not only that, Nathan is also a, a really accomplished writer as well. We have all got so much to learn from Nathan, and I am delighted to welcome him to the podcast. Nathan, thank you for joining me, and over to you. Tell us all about your story and your experience with, with narcissistic families. Well, thanks for having me. I mean, well, the thing with families, I came by it honestly. I mean, uh, both of my parents were narcissists. And I didn't figure that out until about five years ago, after my mother died. And around the same time that she died, a friend of mine sent me a link to uh, a video. I'm trying to remember the title. <clears throat> I, th I think it went something like, if you unmask a covert narcissist, run, but do it quietly. And it was uh, by a guy by the name of Ross Rosenberg. And I remember watching the video and and after it was done, I just remember going, oh, shit, because I instantly recognized my mother as a covert narcissist. And then also around the same time, and I think it probably came from him, I received a checklist on um, a covert narcissist and there were 15 points on the checklist wow. and I went through it with my ex-girlfriend and my mother tallied on every single one of the 15 points wow. and the worst of all the of those 15 that's when I realized that my home situation was way worse than I'd imagine <clears throat> and I also realized that the problems with my father is that he was also a narcissist as well but Gosh. I had no idea so just to help people who are listening who may not really understand the, the term narcissist, because it tends to, especially these days, get bandied about a lot, doesn't it? Kind of it's a, almost a throwaway uh, comment about somebody's behavior. But let's just get to, uh, our listeners really clued up on what does a narcissist actually mean and what particularly type of narcissist was your mom? Because there's kind of different um different ways that it comes out, isn't that? Yeah, it's true. My mother was what they call a covert narcissist. But there are other terms like vulnerable narcissist, grandiose, mm -hmm. malignant, like, like the last relationship I was in, <clears throat> I was trying to um, classify my ex's behavior. And the word malignant came up. Why? A malignant narcissist is somebody who has sadistic tendencies and enjoys hurting their partner. And I know for a certainty that she did that to me. Absolutely no doubt. So that's one thing. But in terms of some characteristics of narcissists, sense of grandiosity, a belief that they're smarter and better than everybody else, a false sense of self, a need for constant reassurance, yeah. uh, the inability to take any form of criticism, 
If you criticize them, expect them to get really angry and probably fly into a rage. Yeah. Um, I used to refer to my father as a rageaholic. Rage is a common characteristic of narcissists when uh, they're confronted. Yeah. Not anger, not displeasure, but rage, screaming, yelling, major arguments. Um, things that they do is gaslighting. They will um, <clears throat> tell you things that that you've experienced or what you experienced. Oh, that's not real. Or they will come up with things like, I never said that. Right. Uh, you're blowing this out of proportion. Mm -hmm. Another thing is anything that goes wrong in the relationship, it's always your fault as the, as the um, other person. And I encountered this. I remember when my ex said that to me, and I thought she was joking. But it was a huge red flag, and right. I didn't recognize it for what it was. I should have broken up with her on the spot for that one. Mm -hmm. But like everything that went wrong, it's all my fault. Right. <clears throat> and when you try to stand up for yourself or defend yourself, that actually just makes that, it worse. That turns into a monumental fight. Yeah. They always have to be right. Oh, that's the other thing. They're always right. They're never wrong. You um, Just endless bull crap. I mean, if I had realized in in hindsight, well, if I had realized at the beginning what I was dealing with, I would have dumped her on her butt in a second and left. But it, it was one of those things that was rather insidious. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff, you don't realize it. Oh, love bombing is the thing that they do to draw you yeah. in really great sex. Mm -hmm. So if you're craving that, narcissists are really good at that. And that's one of the ways that they rope you in. Certainly right. happened in my case. Yeah. And um so for a lot of people stuff. listening, um, a lot of people listening who have maybe been in uh, domestic, coercive, abusive relationships, they will definitely recognize those traits, I'm sure. Yeah. But for you yeah. to say that that your mom ticked every yeah. box and you didn't realize until she passed, but also mm. that your dad, it's it's unusual, or correct me if I'm wrong, to have two parents who are narcissists. Often there's one and not the Actually, other. Actually, it's that not. Right? No, okay. It's not not according to what I've been seeing. Right. It seems to be fairly common. Uh, although kind of surprising the two narcissists could coexist. But one yeah. of the things that I remember vividly about my family is that, yes, my mother was like this, but she was also like one of the like two of the things about my mother that which I absolutely hated about her is she was a coward and a victim. And she was always playing those cards. So in terms of my father, who was super dominant, she was forced to, you know, push everything down. But yeah. all of that came out in full force after he died. Okay. And then right. I saw her narcissism in full bloom after he was dead because there was nothing to restrain her. Right. <clears throat> So in that environment, things. when, oh, you're, sorry, when you're a child and you've got a, a, a mom who could, could you, did you know that she was kind of suppressing herself and what she wanted to say? Because obviously, yeah, she was always, always complaining. Been, right. She was always complaining about that. And, and of course, blaming everybody else. It was always somebody else's fault. This is typical of the narcissist. It's always somebody else's fault. 
I thought it was just her, but I didn't know any better at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were some things she did that were Nathan as well. Did you did you have brothers Sorry? and sisters? Did you have brothers and yeah. sisters who who yeah. could recognize it? And and if so, whereabouts did you fall in the sort of the, the family? No, no, no. None of us knew this stuff. I mean, the other element too is that I was also the family scapegoat, which made me an even bigger target in terms of the family and all the problems that went on. Um, no, my situation was extremely severe. And I didn't realize fully how bad it was until 12 years ago when I was working with a neurolinguistic programming coach who'd been telling me for two straight years that my family was broken. And when I finally realized that she was right, yeah. I asked her for help to write what I call a PFO letter to send to my family. So for your listeners, PFO stands for please fuck off. Nice. Yeah. So, Which is, I think some of us um, could do with doing that at times <laughs> for our family because it does help you to well, get it all out of your system, doesn't it? I, well, I did that because I'm Canadian or polite. <laughs> so there was a please instead of just, you know, F off. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but in the letter, I just took responsibility for my part in what happened. I said, uh, it's very obvious that this abuse is not going to stop unless I stop it. And so I just kicked every single one of my family members out of my life and went permanent no contact. Wow. And I, I had to do that for a lot of reasons. And one of them was to save my life because they nearly killed me with their abuse. I mean, prior to going no contact, I'd had a major fight with my mother and brother. I became real violently sick for a month and I didn't know if I was going to make it. Wow. And it was after that my coach gave me an exercise when I did it, I woke up out of the denial of the family mind control. I realized that I'd been conned and lied to in a major way. And I told them all to fuck off and I meant it. And I still do. And I will never speak to them again for any reason. Wow. That, I mean, that's a heck of a thing for, for people listening to take on board. But I just want to just go back a little bit, if, if I may. Mm -hmm. So you... Wherever we're growing like. up in this environment where mm -hmm. you were not only kind of in the middle of two narcissistic parents, but you were also the family scapegoat. So mm -hmm. tell me, how did, did you find yourself like in relationships with people outside the home? Were you able to make friends or, or was yeah. did that have an effect and what about university and then going into the whole work scenario tell us a little bit about your life oh geez i mean it it created many many problems in terms of the work um a major problem that i had is i kept recreating the family in the workplace and i finally realized that uh <clears throat> i could not work within the normal work structure that many people find themselves in uh, the way that I got out was actually the result of getting fired from a job. Uh, well, you know, uh, there were a lot of things that went wrong with this guy that I was working for. I'd been warned by some people not to work for him, right. that he was a crook and a manipulator, all of which turned out to be true. Mm -hmm. And when things went south, he needed a scapegoat. Hello. Right. And uh, so he turned me into that. Blame me for all the problems in the school, which he had actually created. And I got fired. 
And the blessing that came afterwards was when my cousin came up to me and asked me about learning how to be a freelance writer. I didn't have any options. I said, sure. And that was the end of all of these major problems because I started working as a freelancer. I also did some work before that as a freelance uh, photographer. And but all of that uh, got me out of those problems to do with the, the workplace. And so I didn't have to worry about these things anymore. And I just uh, started working with teams as a remote uh, worker, which I've done since 1998. And wow. I would never go back to an office. Right. Actually, somebody offered me a position a while ago, but they were saying, well, if you want this, you're going to have to relocate. You're going to have to work in our office. And oh, and by the way, we're not going to pay for your move. And I said, get lost. <laughs> what you're telling me up front is that you want me to work for you but you won't help me in any way, which shows me immediately that you actually don't value me. And to come to work with you would be a major mistake because you would treat me like crap right from the word go because you're already doing it and I haven't even been hired yet. Right. It's like, I don't think so. I'm not that stupid. Do you think that that resilience in your ability to be able to kind of think like that and say that is is down to the way that you were treated by your family the fact that you had been a scapegoat for so long and you were in that place where you just went enough no more yeah it, it definitely did because i started to find my voice i started to fight back i started to develop a strength that i did not have in the family right. i remember at one point when my mother was alive this may be about 20 years ago now um where I was talking with her about something that I had done and uh, which involved a lot of assertiveness and personal control and all this. And I remember um, saying that, um, I think there was somebody else or two, I can't remember who it was. And when I finished saying what I was saying, my mother's jaw dropped and she said, you didn't learn that from me. And I looked at her and what I didn't say and really wish I had said was, no, I learned everything I needed to know about being a doormat and a victim from you. That's what I learned from you. Right. And it was true. Wow. She was a doormat. She was a victim. But this was the, the covert narcissist. These are the characteristics of this personality type. Right. <clears throat> it's so, always that and always so somebody else's fault. And I think that is the kind of the the overriding, no matter what kind of label or type of narcissism we we put we spin on people. I think it comes down to that being kind of the biggest trait across the board is that they they can never be wrong. And the ability to to make you question at times your own sanity. Because did you ever find yourself thinking, oh my God, maybe it's not happening like I, I thought it was or maybe maybe I didn't sure. actually say that or do that well, they, they they call that gaslighting yeah and I remember one time I was out for a drive uh, I was east of Vancouver uh, British Columbia I was on this highway and I was thinking about it and it suddenly hit me wait a second I'm okay Sure, I have my neurotic tendencies, but all this stuff that my family is telling me is utter bullshit. This is their stuff. Mm -hmm. What they were doing 
uh, and my ex-girlfriend did the same thing. It's called gaslighting. And if you're wondering, well, where does that come from? It comes from a movie that was done in 1947 called Gaslight. And it had to do with uh, a man who was married to this woman under false pretenses. She was, um, he was trying to find this jewelry cash that she had so he could rob her. And one of the things that he was doing in the relationship uh, was during that time, I think it was in England, the way that they lit their homes was with gas. Yeah. And one of the things that he would do as a way of trying to drive her crazy was to turn down the lights, uh, the intensity, And when she questioned it, he would let her know, oh, no, no, everything's fine as a way of trying to destabilize her and drive her nuts. And this is where the word uh, gaslighting comes from. And so narcissists are famous for doing this. My family did this to me all the way through my life. And the other thing that happened, like in terms of my brother, he would repeatedly engineer fraud against me create all sorts of dramas and situations that didn't exist, that never existed. And then he would triangle with other members of the family and whoever else he could get to uh, to create all this drama and problems against me. Like my mother and brother did that. They tried to destroy the relationship with my girlfriend. Ultimately, that went south. And a business partner. And I saw the gaslighting fraud bearing bullshit that my brother pulled on me repeatedly with my business partner because he showed me the letters. Wow. Wow. And he would accuse me of all sorts of stuff. Like, here's a classic example. He, he told my business partner that I deliberately picked a phone number in the San Francisco area where I live, where he lived as my Skype number to prove that uh, my brother was doing shit to me. And I blew. I was furious. I had had that phone number for 10 years, long before my brother had even moved into the area. My brother deliberately flipped the script. And when I saw that, I had one hell of a fight, not with my brother directly, but with my business partner and saying, this is utter friggin' bullshit. This is a perfect example of gaslighting. And I was furious with my brother, but he kept doing this, right? Yeah. And then a while ago, Oh, about six months ago, I'd gone through a coaching session with somebody to do with removing the trauma to do with my mother. And after that, I don't know why, but I did a search for my brother. Don't know why I did it. Mm -hmm. And then I found the document because I remember thinking, I wonder if Perry had tried this fraud bit on anybody else. And then I found the document. 10-year court case to do with my brother in a real estate deal that went south. And in the document, conclusion of the document was a section where my brother pulled fraud against his former business partner, was forced to admit it on the stand in front of a jury. Gosh. So not only that, was he forced to admit it and had no choice, they found him guilty and they find him and his company a total of $947,000 for what he did. God. And then a while ago, as a result of starting to speak out about narcissism, I did it again. And I found the court case with all the details. So I've got both documents. Gosh. So if my brother were ever to show up in my life again to try and discredit me, I'd say, Perry, I would probably title my letter, uh, Stand Down. 
send them the two documents and say, I got the goods on you, mate, and you'll never get away with this shit on me again. Never. I think the thing with the with that sort of stuff, though, is that they're so convincing at times to be able to say, oh, well, you, you fabricated those documents and you, you know, you, you've created them. And there would be something, wouldn't there? I've no doubt if thankfully you're not going to do that because you've cut all ties with them. But they well, always try but, to find but a way. There was, but there was one other thing that your audience needs to know. Doesn't seem to be happening right now. It looks like it's stopped. But at one point, I'm trying to think, when did I find out? 2013, I'd had a whole bunch of uh, financial problems. I was back in Canada. I was living with a roommate. I was on welfare. And I was writing about some of my experiences on a personal blog. The next day, I had an email from my brother with the subject line says, Rebuttal. He ripped off my domain names, built two sites for the sole purpose of it in the narcissistic world. They called it a smear campaign to completely destroy my reputation and uh, trash me in every way with my mother's blessing. And it was at that point that I discovered that my mother and my brother had been spying on me online for 10 years. At that point, I went freaking volcanic. And I launched a social media fight against my brother, which lasted until 2018. Yeah, 2018. When my mother died, and after that, I went no contact again permanently. I haven't heard from them since. So this, but this is um, the kind of shit. This is just so your audience knows, narcissists are notorious for doing this kind of thing to their victims, right. spying on them, uh, pulling this kind of crap so they can manipulate their uh, targets down the road. I mean, in retrospect, what I did was an enormous mistake, but I was, but, and it, it was what narcissists do when you leave, if you get out of the relationship, one of the things that they're notorious for doing is a technique called hoovering after the famous vacuum cleaner. Right. And what it refers to is creating different types of drama to hoover you back to bring you back and into the relationship so that they can feed off you again. Narcissists are a form of a psychic vampire. And then, and they, and you are their supply, their blood supply in this case, whatever. And they need to feed off you. That's why they do this kind of crap. I and love now that description. I, That's yeah. an amazing description. And now, yeah. And now I fully understand why it had a fascination with vampires and all this shit. Growing up, it was because of narcissism. Narcissists are vampires. So no you doubt. mentioned earlier, and um, maybe you can go into a little bit more detail to help people understand, because I think the sure. important thing for, for us to get across is that it's detrimental to your health. And I know that for younger people who I've worked with, um, that can manifest as disordered eating, it can manifest as turning to, to alcohol or to drugs, because you're not quite sure who you are in terms of your own identity and the thoughts and the emotions and the consistent continuous gaslighting can just emotionally and, and mentally just get too much that turning to external things 
seems to help and be a, a good idea. But you talked about something even more deep than that, that, that their behavior nearly killed you. You were, you were so ill. So oh, yeah. just tell us what happened and, and, and how did that manifest with you that, that you were nearly, you know, well, not with us anymore? I mean, with my father, it, it had to do with this situation where he'd given me power of attorney on his bank account. I have no idea why he did it. Um, but I later discovered that one of the things that narcissists do is to manipulate you with money. So I would, if I would take some money, I would wind up with hell from my father. And there was one time, and I, I, I didn't learn about boundaries in a certain way until I met uh, this one girlfriend I had. And she explained to me that you don't need to take this abuse. You can say no. Hmm. But I believed incorrectly that because he was giving this to me, if he got angry at me, I would have no choice but to take it. And there was one point he screamed at me for three solid hours. And when I called my girlfriend prior to going back home, she was horrified by the sound of my voice. And when I got home, I was violently sick and I couldn't get out of bed for weeks. Wow. And... Um, when I had this fight with my mother and brother, you know, 12 years ago, I was bedridden for a month. I was really sick. I went to a doctor, he gave me some medicine, but it didn't touch my illness. And I was just, I, I can't really explain what it was, but it just, just horrible pain, mental and physical. And I just yeah. hurt everywhere. And it wasn't until I got over it that I realized how sick I had been. Right. And I'm assuming that that you couldn't work, you you couldn't go out, you couldn't do anything. You just you just weren't functioning. Well, I mean, I could go out to for a bit, but it was a mess. It really was a mess. It just the best way I can describe it, if I were to use language for it now, um, it felt like I'd been hit by a truck, run over a few thousand times. It's just like crushed in every way. It I hurt everywhere. Um, it, it's really very difficult for me to describe what it was, but a, a while ago there was something that happened and I could feel that illness coming back right. to do to do with my family. I could feel it coming back and and I remember the inner guidance that I got on it was just feel it, don't run from it, mm. don't try to do anything with it. I learned this that practice from Eckhart Tolle. And right. when it happened, uh, I was uh, away for a while. I was doing a house sit in Puerto Vallarta, but I could feel the sickness come up again. And it lasted for about an hour. I just let myself feel it. I didn't try to stop it in any way. Mm. I felt it for about an hour and then it went away and I was yeah. fine again. Yeah. And that just ties in with the kind of the, something that I try and help my pa patients and, and clients to, to kind of take on board that what we resist persists. And, you know, a lot of the time yeah. turning to food and alcohol or whatever or drugs to to numb out or try and push away those those feelings just it doesn't actually do that. It just makes them come back more powerfully. And so if you can, as you said, just acknowledge them and just go, yeah. OK. So it's you and you're here and we don't have to do anything with it. We don't have to fight it or resist it. We don't even have to pull it apart and work out why. We can just go, okay, I'm just going to sit with it and, and it will pass. And it, and it does. So you managed to extricate yourself fully from the family. Yeah. But you said earlier that you'd kind of done it and then you did it 
once and for all. So my guess is that you had attempted to do it in the past unsuccessfully. So Actually, I did what it. Was the I, did it. I did it three times. Right. Uh, the first time that happened was um, I had just gone through a relationship breakup. There was all this drama happening in my family. Before that, me and my girlfriend were selling our house. We had a lot to do. But prior to that time, maybe about a year or so before, uh, one of the things to do with my mother's narcissism had come out in a huge way. And she would call me and she would try and suck love and appreciation out of me like a freaking vacuum cleaner. And this went on for six months and it was driving me and my girlfriend crazy. Mm. And uh, like every time she would do this, I would have one of four reactions. One of them was to slam the phone in her ear, to scream at the top of my lungs, to run as far away from her as I could get from her after slamming down the phone, or to go into the washroom and throw up. Oh, wow. It was that severe every time. And it was driving both of us crazy. My, my girlfriend said to me, you've got to stop this. So I wrote a long letter to my mother, sent it by email about telling her, you've got to stop trying to pull this love and shit out of me. You want it. You're going to have to get it from yourself and stop trying to get it from me. Mm. Well, she went volcanic. She cried for two days, crocodile tears. My brother, who was a stupid moron, fell for it and uh, then created a major fight within the family, threatened me with a lawsuit and that it was going to ruin my entire life and all this drama. And then later, my mother winds up sick. She went in for an angioplasty, which turned into a quadruple, dry, triple dry, uh, bypass. And then in the middle of that, my brother's trying to force me to go down to, to Palm Springs to take care of her. And meanwhile, I'm in the middle of a major relationship breakup with my girlfriend, and we're selling our house. And there was no way in hell I could go. And my brother staged a huge fight with me. And then after the breakup and I wind up in Mexico, I get this vicious letter from my brother after I blocked him on email because I'd had enough. And he accused me of fraud against my father. He accused me of all sorts of crimes I didn't commit. And then he threatened my life. And he said, and he sent the letter to my sisters as well. So wow. they would get band together. This is the triangling and the abuse. And he threatened my life. He threatened to kill me. He said, Nathan better watch his back because I'm coming after him. And I took that bloody seriously. I went to the police and lawyers and everybody else, but nobody could help me. But when I got back to Canada after that trip, one of the major steps I took as a way to protect myself is number one, I moved and I got what they call a ghost address, which is an address that's real, but it's not where you live. And I changed my... um, car insurance, and my driver's license to the ghost address. So if my brother ever tried to find me, he wouldn't be able to do so. Wow. But those are crazy steps you have to go to, aren't they, when you think about it? Just thinking and listening to to the language that that you're using there, I still feel that there's a lot of anger and a lot of um, resentment and all of that kind of thing which I think is 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 natural but do you now feel kind of now that you have fully extricated yourself do you feel a sense of relief um now that that's or not oh yeah actually with with the exception of these uh podcasts and things that I get on every now and then 
I really don't think about them at all anymore. Right. Um, it, I don't. And it's largely because of the therapies that removed the traumas. Once the traumas were gone, I stopped thinking about them. But for the most part, um, like with the exception of what I've been doing in narcissism, I haven't thought about them for years. Amazing. Um, so, uh, but in, ter in terms of what happened, like it's been very interesting watching the narcissism videos because the number one bit of revenge that you can take against a narcissist, the very best thing that you can do is what I did. And, I and nobody taught me how to do it. I remember reading about it. And I got to a place of, uh, it was my last resort. It was the only thing that I could do to stop it was to go no contact, which is actually the ultimate revenge against a narcissist. Because when you go no contact, they instantly lose their supply. They instantly lose the number one person that they've been feeding off from. And you cut them off. It's a, it would be like an addict going cold turkey or something with uh, yeah. like an al alcoholic stopping all drinking and never going back. Mm -hmm. For for them, it's a, a similar kind of thing. So with the narcissists in my family and all the other crap that was going on, I cut them off. Yeah. And yes, they hoovered me back a few years later, but... Um, but I got to a certain point and I cut him off again. It took me three times to get it right. Right. But, but the third this is time now. is third time, the third lucky, time is, is the dream, as they say. The third time is the charm. But for you now, yeah. so you you now are helping people to to do what you did to to cut yeah. all times, to become no well, no contact. And it's it's to more help than no clarify. It's, it's is, more I than mean, no contact. Right. Can I just help people listening? Sure. Because if somebody is in a narcissistic relationship, whether it's parents, whether it's partner or siblings, or as, as in your case, all of them, there is no reasoning, is there? No matter how much you, you try, they are always going to be as they are. And there really isn't another solution apart no, from this one is that oh. and i just want to clarify that we're not saying it because it, it it is the only way for you to be able to keep your sanity to stay healthy and to be able to move on with your life but it's not easy as you've just said it took you three goes so working with somebody like you to, to do it and to do it in a way that works i think is so important so just help people to explain what what it involves well okay the if you were to listen to or watch the videos of the various coaches on YouTube that talk about getting away from the narcissist, they all essentially say the same thing, that you need to leave the relationship and go no contact. Mm -hmm. The trouble is there's still an emotional bond with the narcissist. Yeah. And if the narcissist plays dirty, as my family did with me, um, and you don't realize what's happening, you can be manipulated into going back to the relationship, which happens all the time, which right. happened to me, even though I wasn't physically back, I was still engaging them online. So I was right. still stuck with the buggers and, uh, and it just, and it just went on. So what I say, which is different from the coaches <clears throat> or these other coaches rather, is you leave the relationship, but then you need to dissolve what's called the trauma bond or I would call it the emotional link. 
with the family. So I use techniques from neurolinguistic programming to do that. And when you dissolve that emotional bond, that emotional trauma, when it dissolves, then the ability for the narcissist to manipulate you is pretty much gone. You've essentially removed, it's like, the best way I can think of it is like, you've you've got a, a board with a whole bunch of buttons on it and all the wires that go out and they go to a certain place which creates a reaction. Yeah. Those wires are the emotional bond. When you remove them and they're gone, it even if most of them are gone, there's just a tiny bit of something left, they start pushing on the buttons. Well, there's no way to, to get the signal to go to where it wants to go. And once that's broken, that's the end of it. And so at that point, then you go no contact. Amazing. And then I would give the person all the tools that I would need to keep them safe, themselves safe. If they wind up with uh, a narcissist who breaks the rules. And once they do that, then it's showing them how to recover their confidence, change their language, which is so important. It's important. Yeah. Uh, their way of thinking and to rediscover who they are prior to meeting the narcissist. That's what I do. Yeah. Or even to discover who who they are for the very first time. Because if if you've been brought up in in that environment, I think even from a very young age, you you don't actually really know who you are for sure because you're always questioning yourself. It's a process though, isn't it, Nathan? It's not something that you can just do like in the people can't just get in touch with you and get and say, right, help me to do this in in one session. It's something that you have to go through and build a relationship with that person. So if anybody is listening to this and going, I need help to do this. I am ready. Now I have genuinely I've had enough. How do they get in touch with you? We will put all your links in the show notes, but just tell people where they can find you online and to connect with you. The easiest way where you'll find me the most is on Facebook. So if I remember correctly, my profile is Nathan.Siegel on Facebook. So that would be the easiest way you can find me on LinkedIn. Great. Um, You know, you'll you'll have my email and and phone number people. There's also my YouTube channel. I've posted uh, many, many videos. Yeah. You know, get, getting back to something you said earlier about these environments, um, my coach kept telling me my family was broken. She was right. And in what what I did at one point about a month ago is I created a video called The Number One Narcissistic Lie, yeah. which which I put on YouTube. It now has... 37,000 views in a month, thereabouts. And the number one narcissistic lie is falling for the belief that the the narcissist will pull on you because they might say they're going to therapy or they might say, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you find this one thing, uh, you can fix it and things will get better. And that's a lie. The narcissist is broken. They cannot be fixed. It's a life sentence. And if you fall for the lie of believing that you can find that one thing, whatever it is, and fix it, you will waste waste months, years, or decades of your life. And that's exactly what happened to me. I wasted like 30 years with these buggers Mm -hmm. until I found out the truth. And when I found out the truth, I kicked their butts to the curb. And I will never go back. And, And the thing is, like, the no contact, when you do it, it must be permanent yeah and Never, that's key isn't ever, it? ever go back yeah yeah and, and you are the person crucial. 
yeah, you're the person that can help people to to know and to be aware of of how you could get hoovered back in. And so oh, yeah. speaking to somebody who has actually lived the experience is always going to be so much more powerful, I think, to helping you to, to be able to do it and do it successfully. Um, do go and watch Nathan's video. Um, he shared the link with me before we had our conversation here on the podcast. It is an awesome watch. Please do go and watch it. And I think the biggest thing to let people know from that is you're not the one who's broken. They are. And you cannot fix them. They will never want to fix themselves, so don't fall for it. Um, but you can look after you. Nathan, thank you so much for being my guest. My and just to let people know, Nathan is also an incredible writer. So if you do have um, any jobs that you want, he's a ghostwriter, he's, he's an editor, he's got a, a vast um, array of experience. So um, please do contact Nathan. And I just want to say thank you. It's been an absolute delight. I really appreciate you sharing your story because this is something that I, we need to bring out more into the open and, and start getting honest about That's it. True. So thank you so That's much. True. Thank you. You're welcome. For thank those you. of you who are listening, thank you once again. Just remember, we only have one life as far as we know and one body. So please take care of it because it is taking care of you. Until the next time, have a really, really good day. <laughs>